A woman finds herself alone on a crater in the Nevada desert. After a life-changing encounter with a witch, she decides to give up her career in advertising and brew an organic fermented tea, kombucha. Thanks for subscribing to Start Me Up, a new podcast from O2 Business. It's about the side hustle, that passion project that starts to creep into your nine to five until you just take the leap. That's what I've done with a podcast production company. I'm Ruth Barnes and I'm producing these podcasts with my business that went from passionate side hustle to full-time job. The folks at O2 Business wanted to tell these kinds of stories of the brave entrepreneurs who've taken the leap to make their dreams a reality. Gina Gagan runs an unconventional microbrewery on an industrial estate in North London. She has attracted support for her fresh, fizzy and fermented beverages, helping her pay for this factory space and investment to start brewing 9,000 litres of kombucha. There's been plenty of joy and plenty of drama, ups and downs. At O2 Business, they understand that being flexible is really important when you're starting up on your own. I was making it in my house. I have an office there, so I filled that completely with um, all my kombucha. I had it looked like a sort of little shaparas, just like so many things. And so I was kind of doing it from there, and as well as working, it just started taking lots of time. And I really, really wanted to focus on it. Just six months ago, Gina Gagan was a successful creative director. But three weeks alone in the desert, because sometimes that's what it takes, led to an epiphany about her future. She would give up the ad world and start brewing a mysterious fermented tea, kombucha. So I can tell it like a short story, I can tell like a long story. Tell me the long story, I want it all. Okay. So I do this thing every year, which is like a mad woman's journey. It is at least three weeks where I go off on my own and I do something that I haven't thought through very well. So last year, I decided that I was going to go and visit this witch who lives in Death Valley in America. She does this thing called bodywork, where she uh, speaks to people's bodies. And people go, they're crippled, and they leave walking straight. She was having a bit of a problem, and the problem was that the energy in her garden is really weird, it's out. So I was asked by my friend to go there and help her sort her energy out because she heals people, but she needs to be healed herself. So one of the things that potentially I'm good at is obviously building a space. That's what I've done. I do immersive theatre, I design events. So she, she, my friend asked me, can you go and can you help sort out this energy that this woman's got an issue with? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go to Death Valley and I'll help her sort out her energy. So I land in LA... I get like the biggest car I can get because I'm going to drive through the desert. I drive to the Pacific, I have a swim at sunset and then I just spend the next two days driving. Like I literally don't stop. I stock up on like gherkins and kombucha and I drive out into the desert. And I get totally lost and it's like, I sleep outside, it's freezing. I find a little house and this woman opens the door and as with everything in this place, it's completely magical. She opens the door and she goes, you've arrived. And at that point, I just burst into tears. <laughs> I remember standing on a crater, and for some reason, I took up my book and I wrote, shall I make kombucha? Kombucha. No one knows where it came from, but say it in Chinese, sha jin, and it literally translates to tea fungus. It is apparently very, very good for you. 
and for Gina, it quickly became an obsession. When I had my first kombucha in the States, I didn't fall in love with it immediately. It is a bit of an acquired taste, but my friend was like, no, believe me, you'll, like, you'll love it. Keep on drinking it. And so I drank it for a couple of days and became accustomed to the flavour and then was like hooked after a week. And then when I came back to England, I just wanted to drink it. And there are a couple of brands uh, around. I didn't like any of them. I didn't think that they were as good as what I'd had in America. Then I was like, Ugh, okay, fine, I'll just make it myself. My ideal is this delicious thing from America that's really fizzy and delicious, and my taste did like old socks. So I went through a process of elimination. I started making it with black tea, which I thought was too harsh. So then I worked my way through all the teas until I reached a tea that was delicious. And that's probably about, I mean, I'm not joking, like 100 teas. Nobody liked it for the first four months or something. It was really like me just like, oh God, this tastes like vinegar. Okay, this tastes like vinegar. This doesn't taste so much like vinegar. This is not disgusting. And then, oh, this is actually really good. Gina's friends were willing guinea pigs to test her early brews. And when they started suggesting she sell it, she remembered that note she'd written to herself out in the Nevada desert. Most people, leaving a secure job and a salary, would want at least to write out a five-year business plan. But not Gina. She made the leap, and now she has her own brewery and a plan of sorts. I think the market in London and in England is really ready for something like kombucha. I think that coconut water and that kind of stuff has really paved the way for sort of healthy drinks and that people want something healthy and low sugar to drink. One of the things I'm really interested in is uh, trying to get it as a, a healthy alternative in bars. I don't drink that much. <laughs> and sometimes it's nice to go to a bar and have more than a sort of soda water or tonic. Like it's quite nice to be able to have something a little bit different. I have found all these amazing people, especially in the beer industry, helping me understand the process of beer making because it's very similar. Also reaching out to other people who make kombucha and talking to them in the States and in England. The good thing about my business partner is that he's a businessman and his background is real estate and he really knows how to run a business. And we just met to have a coffee to talk about life and I told him about kombucha and he was like, I want to get involved. Because he lives in Spain, so he flew over and he sat me down. He's like, look, this is why you need me. And he broke it down to all the things that he could bring to the company. He was like, do you want to make money? Do you want to be successful? How are you going to do this? I can do this. I'm good at this. Da, 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 da. And he's good at all the stuff that I never, ever want to be good at, like numbers <laughs> and uh, business strategy and acumen. Like He knows how to make money. It's really nice to know that I have the backing of somebody who wants it to be successful because that is his interest. He's interested in health, but he's also interested in success. We are in uh, White Hart Lane in Tottenham in North London and we are currently standing in a beautiful car park uh, next to where I have my little brewery uh, and I share my space with uh, five other companies doing lots of different things but I'm the only brewery around here basically. We have a Hasidic catering company and a Romanian wholesale for food and washing up liquid and stuff and this is my unit. And I've had it for about three months 
I'm basically incubated by a guy who started off a long time ago uh, in this little place and then he's kind of built his sort of empire and he bottles pretty much for everybody in, in England. And I met up with him for, to ask him about the possibility of him bottling my kombucha and I let him taste my product and he really loved it. So he then offered to incubate me for very little money in this a beautiful high ceilinged white very well lit space which when I walked into I just immediately fell in love with and one of the things that I learned from somebody who makes kombucha like this old dude that I met was that you have to tell the kombucha that you love it and you have to do it every day on each of the brews that I do I write little love notes this at the moment I'm just having one that I'm brewing and he's called Atlas what I do normally is I say good morning and I like check how it's doing and just talk to it in terms of like how it's feeling. How are we doing over here? You look amazing. <laughs> the thing about kombucha is she's really um, temperamental. So you have to be really careful with light, temperature. I don't want to stress her out because then she won't taste good. The most amazing thing is like when you look into it now, it looks like this kind of crazy slimy white landscape but it's the most happiest scoby and the scoby is actually what it makes the kombucha but scoby is like an abbreviation so it's a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast and inside of atlas is the most beautiful scoby so in about a week's time i think she's going to be ready Gina's now selling wild fizz kombucha in markets, and she's just taken her first batch of orders from bars and health food shops. Exciting times, right? But your first big break can be when the real panic sets in, as we don't always get things right first time. I think my biggest business mistake so far is buying the wrong bottle. <laughs> so I had to send back hundreds and hundreds of bottles because they were the wrong one but the lid didn't work properly it didn't keep the fizz some lids just don't hold the pressure in the bottles so then I had to like beg and plead with the bottle company that they take it back and they were like mm, yeah. and I had to pay for the shipment and all that kind of stuff there is a looming issue that I have coming how the hell do I bottle 9,000 litres of kombucha every month <laughs> You can't do it by hand, which is what I've been doing now. Like, you know, I say it says handcrafted on my bottle. It is literally crafted by hand, by my little hands. <laughs> That's quite nerve-wracking. And sometimes Mother Nature just has it in for you. I once had a batch where a fly got in. That was pretty gross. A single fly gets in and puts lays maggots in it. That's unusable kombucha. That was emotional turmoil because I felt like I'd been stabbed when I saw it. It was like, this fruit fly hates me and it sort of wants to ruin me. So first you boil uh, a big kettle of tea. So then what you'll prepare then is you take some tea um, I use a organic scented tea. You also then add sugar. Depending on how sweet you want it to be, you kind of work that out yourself. But I spend a lot of time trying to figure out the least amount of sugar I can use and to still have a really vigorous kombucha. 
But starting a business can be a very solitary affair. You against the world. And then your mother calls. Uh, my mum keeps on asking me on the phone. She's like, why? This is ridiculous. And why have you done this when you were doing so well? I gave myself six months where I was going to not work in advertising and just set it up and live off um, my savings and work with my uh, business partner to kind of set all this stuff up. And I still will have to work, which I'm also quite excited about. I think I always need to do lots of different things all the time in order to not like find life really boring. But I'm making bubkus money at the moment so I definitely need to do other things as well which is great <laughs> I'll be hugely successful shortly but right now this is uh, my bit on the side I think maybe five years ago that would have terrified me because I used to have this inherent fear in me that especially like in advertising and events that people would forget you but I come to realize that actually if you're quite good at what you do and you know keep in touch then people I reckon in a year's time I can still get work. Although I probably cry like three times a day at the moment when I'm in my brewery because I feel really stressed out and scared and all this kind of stuff. It's still keeping me on my toes. Gina is putting everything on the line to make this tea. And it's spending all this time alone on her business when the demons get noisy. I really like exploring how I feel when I'm on my own and spending time on my own. When you sit here in this space, however beautiful it is, and however much, you know, I feel like the kombucha's talking to me, you definitely feel just totally alone. Like if I look at, down at my phone and go, have I put, accidentally put it on silent because nobody's calling me? And then it's not on silent. You're like, you know, nobody loves you, nobody cares about you. If I think about how I sort of spend my days uh, in the brewery, probably half of that is uh, either online or using my phone, like calling up people, restaurants, events, festivals, um, or my friends going, do you know anything? It's really important to me as like a little business that I can rely on that when I need to be able to use my phone on my internet, I can. And sometimes it's loads and sometimes it's less. The way that I use my phone and the way that I use the internet needs to be quite adaptable to the way that I live especially when my whole business relies on the fact that people can get in touch with me or I can find them. I constantly go, can I jump ship? Maybe now the pride has come in. I would love to be able to sit back and go, it's running off its own accord now and, and be really proud of that. And then maybe I'll be bored and like, <laughs> as with most things like, you know, but that's like that's in three, four years, five years time when I will actually be making some sort of profit off it, hopefully. Or I'll be kombucha queen till I'm dead and buried. Who knows? Has this podcast inspired you to start a new business? Business goes up, business goes down, but business goes on. So join the network that doesn't lock you in. With Business Essentials from O2, you can change your data and apps every 30 days. It's the UK's most flexible business tariff. Find out more at o2.co.uk slash business. If you have a great side hustle story and want to be featured in our podcast series, tweet us at o2businessuk using the hashtag startmeup. This podcast was an O2 and Chalk and Blade production, supported by Acast. <laughs>